0: This is Talk Is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine.
1: Good evening, Mr. Hamilton.
0: It is. I polished a couple of beers during that podcast. So it's a great evening. So is it because of the Alberta boys because of their when in Rome engagement or when in, when in Rome you, you got to drink what's that saying drink like an Albertan <laughs> yeah yeah and you're so, gonna have to
1: do a little bit of work on that oh so. yeah
0: I, I can hang with the best of them but then it's just like wow surprisingly they didn't have any beers in their head. I came prepared and they. They sadly let us down in that.
1: Well, those America. guys are hustling. They're all about business. They oh, were talking yeah. conservation tonight, and they uh, they did a fantastic job. So, um, wh- what kind of beer are you drinking, Mister Hamilton? Trench Brewery Conservation Lager. It's
0: uh, it's it's an amazing beer. It's y- oh, you've tried okay. it.
1: You've you've yeah, tried it, California Common, California it's, Common. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's our series of uh, conservation beers. This is the first one of four. Uh, we should have one out this fall. We're hoping to do something around stone sheep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so very cool. And yeah, it's, yeah, look, look, tasty. I have some in my fridge, but I didn't get it out. So no,
0: well, it's your loss. Just more for me, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's talk a little housekeeping before we jump into the episode. So first of all, uh, thank you to Coraline Sporting Goods for supporting us on our last uh, Northern uh, raffle. It was a RMR rifle mm-hmm. and uh Devin McCauley at a Terrace won that uh great donation from our good friends over at Corlane. uh $20,000 is going to go to um enhanced stone sheep in northern British Columbia so in thin horn sheep I guess yeah I shouldn't be uh unfriendly to our good doll sheep friends there as well so <laughs> um yeah fantastic uh raffle and uh, what a beautiful rifle uh, oh it's beautiful I stunning. I, I would have loved to have won it's, and it's I can't buy tickets, but yes, speaking, yeah. speaking
0: of Northern projects, like the type of thing it'll go towards is we, we just kicked off a burn a couple months ago up there. So that's the type of things it goes yep. to, right. And not just sheep that benefits, it's everything that shares the landscape with them, everything from butterflies to bullfrogs and uh mule deer and moose and elk and everything up there. So yeah, your dollars go a long, long way with things like that. So pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Um, For anyone that's keen, uh, we did sell that one out. We had a bunch of requests for tickets that we couldn't fulfill, unfortunately. But we got two more raffles that currently have tickets available. We got a Zeiss optics package uh, from our good friends over at uh, Reliable Gun in Vancouver. And then we also have a beautiful Stone Glacier uh, camp set up with gear. It's beautiful.
0: I want one of those camp packages so bad. (laughs) <laughs> it's my yeah. my wife would hate it though because she she was actually cleaning up a little bit in the basement yesterday going why do you need so many backpacks and yeah <laughs> like I need another one yeah I need another one so you you know the yeah. you, you know that pain right
1: yeah uh, it, it it is a, it is a sickness for sure um, so yeah very cool and uh, great raffles so. Um, Go over to wildsheepsociety.com and you can click right on the homepage there. There's a raffle tab if anyone's interested. Um, You know, this is an Alberta, the Alberta podcast that we're doing, Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta. So if you're out of province, unfortunately, you can't buy tickets unless you're in province. But if you happen to be in BC, you can pick up tickets from us and, um, yeah, Yeah, get get involved and get some tickets. Exactly. Uh,
0: Totally forgot what's going to go with that. But (laughs) speaking of sheep, though, we just released a wicked video. And speaking of trench brewing. Right, That was uh, the, the video we just released on uh, aging with Bill Jacks was filmed at Trench Brewing here. And it's that's a, a must watch for even a, a seasoned sheep hunter. It talks about tips and tricks to legalities to how to age and you name it. It's it's on our YouTube channel. It's on our social media. Take 40 minutes and watch it and then watch it again and share it. It's a, a great resource that's
1: uh, right out there in front of you and it's easy. Yeah, well said, Steve. So for our listeners, many of you have have heard what's going on in British Columbia. We've had a bit of a pandemic here outside of COVID, and it was the short sheep or underage sheep pandemic. Uh, Just way too many illegal harvests this past year. Uh, So in in line with our mandate of looking after the wild sheep of British Columbia, this is a conservation concern for us, is making sure that we're harvesting legal sheep uh, of age. So, um, you know, that was one of our mandates this year was to really get on this Um, we, we've done a couple of events where we had, um, in-person horn aging opportunities and then, uh, like you said, with this uh, this new video that Bill Jex has produced, um, this was put together by the Wild Sheep Society of BC. Uh, Bill was down in Prince George for that uh, seminar, and we were able to capture that video and, and produce a uh, high-quality horn aging video for our listeners. So uh, go over to wildsheepsociety.com, and right on the homepage there, there's a link. It's a black box. You'll see it. It talks about uh, thin horn aging with Bill Jex. Click on that. It's about forty minutes long, forty-seven minutes, I think it is, and uh, uh, it, it has all the important pieces. Again, consult your regulations, and, and we're so close to the opener. Uh, you know, we just want to stress for guys and gals out there: make sure what you're harvesting is ethical, is legal. If there's doubt, no doubt. If if there's doubt about legality, there's no doubt. Walk away. Let that sheep age another year or two, whatever is necessary. Um, you know, one thing we've learned about this, we've consulted with the ministry on this and they've told us that, yep, there was way too many illegal harvests this year. And if this trend continues, we're going to have to do management actions that we're not going to like. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a quote veiled threat, um, although it's not a veiled threat, it's the reality is that there are conservation consequences of harvesting too many underage sheep. So it's really incumbent upon us as a community that we get out there and we do our part to make sure that we're harvesting sheep of age um, that are legal. And, um, you know, if you're new to sheep hunting or even if you're old to sheep hunting and you're not sure, um, you know, m- my thing, uh, I hunt with a partner and we kind of have this agreement. We both have to agree that the sheep is legal and, and we always, you know, we always age them a year above. So if they're not above the nose, clearly we're like, okay, is that sheep nine years old? And if we can't count nine, I'm not saying you should do that. That's what we do. Um, and it's just one way. And we've let so many sheep walk over the years, but, uh, on the same token, I haven't harvested under eight sheep. So, and I intend to keep it that way. So, you know, we're really asking <laughs> mm-hmm. our members and our listeners to do their part this year, you know, really go out there with that conservation ethic and just say, okay, you know, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to do everything I can. And sometimes that means letting that sheep walk. I haven't harvested a sheep for seven or eight years now. Um, there's been lots that I thought were legal, but I wasn't sure. So, um, you know, listening to, to Bill, Um, do your part, learn as much as you can about horn aging, um, get a good mentor. And, or, you know, if, if you're, if you're experienced, you know, the big key walk away is walk away if you're not sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No problem walking away from any other animal you're unsure of. Yeah. It it sucks to, to hike in for a couple of days or to fly in or whatever jet boat up into the mountains. But it's, it's, as Kyle said, it's, it's on us to make sure that the, the resource is not only going to be there for us next year, but for our grandkids, because we, we keep making those mistakes. That's the one lever, uh, biologists can pull, right. And they will mm-hmm. pull it. They'll, they'll yank it right out from underneath us. And it's, it would be our own fault. So watch that video and yeah, there's, there's not much more to say. Watch that video and walk away if you're unsure
1: yeah well said okay i'm off my soapbox but uh you know i just felt we we needed to have that um that dialogue absolutely and, uh, you know pe- people know it um and i guess the key there is just we have to feel okay to walk away we don't have you know we should never feel like oh we have to come home with something nope um that's one animal you don't want to take a chance on as wild sheep. it's just, nope. they're too precious 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 of a resource no nope. oh good there so okay um i think. wrap it up here, but um, Membership Drive is wrapping up in just over four weeks, actually four weeks uh, away. So it's um, never been a greater, better time to join the Wild Sheep Society BC. we got a good friends from Alberta here. Think about buying a membership there. I know somebody that's a fresh Alberta Life member. Um, no pressure, hey? <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> offline of the podcast, I kind of goaded, I goated, um, <laughs> said – Hey, Mike, if you buy a life membership to BC, Steve will buy one to Alberta. Just, of course, in jest. And then (laughs) Steve had one purchased within about 10 minutes from Alberta. So um, we're thinking Mike might be buying one from Alberta or BC, but if he's not, we're sure going to razz him about it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely um, we are. We'll stick your dog on him.
1: But we do have a really cool membership promotion going on. Wood Wheaton's sponsoring this. Uh, first prize is you're going to go fishing sturgeon mm-hmm. on the uh, Fraser River, so just a a great opportunity there. And then we got a whole bunch of other prizes too. Um, Tanner from from Frontier Men's Gear Knives is uh, throwing in a very cool uh, knife. And then third place is a, did I say something wrong? No, you always it's...
0: have a hell of a time saying
1: saying the wow. name Frontiersman. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's not my strong suit. Uh, <laughs> all right with that we're gonna go over to uh, episode 82 and we got a good friends from the Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta chapter uh, a couple of good friends of ours uh, we got uh, Mike and Paul on this one uh, Mike Smith and Paul Chambers they're directors from the Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta uh, these guys are awesome they're rock stars uh, they're rocking it in Alberta and this is just a great discussion with them and, and I think you can enjoy it
0: the perception of hunting, you know, ha- has changed. It's our duty
1: now, our responsibility as hunters, to change it back. I and mean, we've spent the last few decades trying, you know, espousing that, that message, preaching that message about wildlife conservation. You know, we've, it's fallen on deaf ears, all of our attempts. I think what, what we have to do is, is maybe uh, appeal to the emotional side or the visceral side. We have to tell our story. We know what we are. We know how deeply we care about wildlife. It's just the people out there that are, that are you know, voting to get rid of hunting, they don't understand our stories. Sometimes we, we have to translate it to something that they understand. Mike, Paul, Alberta boys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Awesome, good to see your smiling faces. It's been what six months, I guess. Uh, we had the luxury of seeing you guys at uh, down in Reno at Sheep Week, and uh, man, <laughs> what a what a great fucking week that was, yeah. eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm it was. Just about fully recovered now. <laughs> uh, so no hair of the dog for you then? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, not tonight. <laughs> Uh, actually, I was, I was going to tell you guys we should grab a couple of brewskis, but uh, since we're recording in the evening, quite often we'll record these in the morning, and we try and curb our drinking. Uh, that try day, <laughs> typically. Try. So, but uh, no, it's it's awesome to get you guys on the podcast. Um, you know, it's fun for Steve and I. We watch our chapter and affiliates what they're doing out there, and. You know, everyone's hustling, right? Everyone's working hard, and it was it was exciting down in Reno watching the Alberta crew. I can't say Alberta boys because that that wasn't fair, um, because yeah, you, you had some uh, other uh, gender representation down there. Uh, but you guys were all hustling down there and doing a great job. And uh, you know, the booth was busy. Um, how, how many life member give? Or how, uh, how many life members uh, were you doing through your promotion down there in Reno? What oh was
2: man, it? I, I want to say it was. Somewhere around twelve or fifteen.
1: It was over yeah. ten. I was I was shocked because people always talk about oh, sheep week's not a great opportunity to sell you know life memberships. It's you know it's not really why you go down there. Well, you guys broke the mold. So yeah, um, we were even surprised. Yeah. Um, but it was good. So was Matt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, no, really cool. So, you know, today I'm hoping just we can touch on a bunch of stuff, what's going on in Alberta. I know there's been a, um, some new faces on the board, and I know you guys are really hustling over there. Uh, you had a really exciting winter. I've been watching some of the stuff going on there, and, and I don't want to talk about it. I want to hear you guys talk about it. So, um, you know, uh, maybe, Paul, if you don't mind, just kick things off on, on who you are how you ended up where you're at and how you got involved with uh, Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta? I, yeah,
2: um, Paul Chambers. I'm the new northern director um, for Wild Sheep Alberta, uh, based out of Hinton. Um, main reason I kind of wanted to get involved is, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of northern representation um, that I had seen. Most of the directors, uh, previous directors and stuff, were all located down south. And, you know, aside from a few people, um, I felt like there was a bit of a gap that could be filled here so i was actually at one of the uh the, the yellowhead banquet in, in edson one year and i uh, was talking with dominic whittefield and he was like man you should you should come join the board and i was like you know what it's a good idea let's try it so i uh i ran for the board and got on and that was that was three years ago so <laughs> now um, you know it kind of took a little bit to to get into it and kind of get my feet wet and, and um, But it's, you know, I I really, really enjoy it and uh, looking forward to see kind of where it goes and don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon as long as membership will keep me so.
1: (laughs) Well, you're safe for two years, right? You just got reelected. You're in your second term, so you're in good shape. Yeah. Now, Mike, on the other hand, we don't know about that, so uh, all joking aside, uh, Mike, give us the rundown on, on kind of where you came from, and I think you're new to the board, right, this year? Is that... Uh,
3: yeah, I, I got on last were, year, two years? Uh, so this is, I'm in my second year right now, so I'll be up for re-election uh, this coming AGM, but um, I'm the Southern Director uh, based out of kind of the Cochrane area, Southern Alberta, and um, yeah, I got on, you know, I had uh, been to quite a few banquets in the past and and you know got to know a bunch of the people on the board and you know uh, membership and you know my uh my uncle in southern Alberta is the one that you know got me into sheep hunting and the passion kind of started brewing a long time ago and uh he started getting me involved in all these banquets he just say it's just a donation Mike it's, it's all right you can spend your money it's for a good cause and uh so then I saw an opportunity that arose and and had some uh some spare time and Ah, uh, luckily for me, it was a year where it didn't seem to have a lot of interest in those vacant positions, so I was appointed rather than elected. So uh, I lucked <laughs> lucked out. <laughs> who, who knows if I would have made it on instead? So, um, and then uh, yeah, over the past uh, year or so, um, ah, uh, the projects kind of. Uh, um, Dom who was looking at the projects is no longer on the board here so we, someone kind of needed to take it over and so I uh, I stepped up a little bit and it's been a monster but um, yeah we've been uh, we've been crawling along here
1: awesome so there, there's lots to talk about there like just that stuff but um, since we're on that topic and and uh, you are heavily involved with the project side of things Mike I know you guys had a pretty exciting winter I was um, you know following you guys pretty closely on, on your your uh, on your projects over this winter, but uh, let's talk about the big one, the sexy one that everyone wants to talk about. Let's start off with that.
3: Yeah. So that was a, that was a really exciting one. So um, over the past well, a couple of years years, uh, the board's been working on um, a collaring project and the collaring of rams throughout uh, kind of our Eastern slopes. Um, so in March of this year uh, we successfully were able to collar uh, 35 rams um, kind of in that, uh, you know, two age class kind of thing there. Um, and, uh, you know, we focus on rams um, r- rather than use, they're, they're more likely to take, you know, longer trips out, out of, uh, kind of their habitat. Right. So, you know, one of the, one of the big things for us is, um, with the disease risk that's, you know, present in, in all of our sheep populations, um, we're trying to see, you know, how far these rams are foraying, I guess, you know, into, uh, domestic sheep territory, um, so yeah, we successfully collared thirty-five rams over a span of about two hundred kilometers along our eastern slope. So you know, down from the Waterton front, all the way up to uh, we've got a ram collared up in Exshaw, just east of Canmore. There. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was quite historical actually. Um, just uh, some notes here I've got. Uh, the big one is that this is kind of the widest ranging collaring project for, you know, natural area study that's solely focused on Rocky Mountain bighorns. Um, so, you know, the parks have them and, you know, there's been some localized ones, but as far as 35 rams being collared, um, it's it's kind of historic, especially in Alberta for us. So um, we've also got 15 additional collars ordered, as well as the University of Alberta has another 20 additional collars ordered. So um, we're hoping to get another 35 rams collared this upcoming season as well. Um, so I guess just to get into a bit of what we're looking for, um, you know, we're seeing how far these forays are, we're seeing kind of the connectivity between these herds and, you know, just kind of judging where we need to focus as far as our domestic disease prevention. Um, so a lot of these rams on the Eastern slopes have been known to travel fairly far East and we're seeing where those high risk areas are as far as, you know, potential MOV, um, uh, exposure, and then transmission. So um, I know I don't have to tell you guys about that. You've seen your your awesome movie there that uh, that we can't get enough of. But um, yeah, it's it's been, you know, some of the anecdotes that have come out of this and, and some of the data. Um, actually, just the other day, uh, I was told that one of the rams walked, it was a little over 20 kilometers in about 10 hours from an Alberta range across two heavily forested valleys, which apparently had logging activity in them, uh, all the way over the continental divide into BC. So it was, you know, a little over 20 kilometer trip and, you know, less than 10 hours. Um, so that's the kind of interesting data that we're able to start tracking. And, and you know, with these, the lifespan, you know, two and a half years on these callers, we'll hopefully be able to start to see some trends. Um, and if we're able to call our additional rams in those groups, we can see if that's one ram making those trips, they're taking multiple rams and try to piece together what the purpose of those are.
1: Right on. So um, on that subject, uh, uh, how is the, I guess, the the disease situation in Alberta and B.C.? You've seen transmission, some of the stuff that we're struggling with over here. Are you guys dealing with disease to the level that we are, or are you guys in a much better shape than than we've (laughs) Currently, we're we're a lot better.
3: (laughs) Yeah, touch wood, but we um, we haven't had a um, a wild sheep test positive uh, since, I believe, 2000. Yeah. Um, Was the last outbreak in Alberta and wild sheep. So um, this is certainly something that we're focused on because we're seeing what's happening in BC, and we know that it is a big risk. Um, we've we're also funding des- uh, domestic disease testing this year in those you know high concentration areas, kind of along the eastern slopes. Um, you know, with uh, with the participation of domestic uh, land producers and wool producers, and um, you know through that we're hopefully able to identify. Positive MOVI cases in domestic sheep and being being able to really mitigate any any potential contact there. So we're, uh, we're sorry, Paul. Yeah, we're definitely looking to be more proactive than reactive, if if at all
0: possible, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you guys have any idea why you've seen such a success in getting rid, essentially, getting rid of MOVI?
2: I think you know probably one of the biggest part is that there isn't as many sheep in those areas i mean it's there's a lot of sheep and stuff but there's not a lot of we don't have you know the terrain and stuff that bc has where you have you know we got you got sheep all the way from from kamloops all the way north you've got you got them all over the place on both sides of your border there's there's sheep everywhere in bc and you know in, in alberta it's a little more concentrated just along the eastern slopes and a lot of the farmers and stuff are a little further 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 east than the mountains so i think that's probably one of the biggest reasons. Um, and and, and, you know it it could be there we just we don't know about it as much right now and so we're trying to just make sure we do our homework and if there is something out there that's happening then we should know about it but i mean we would have seen a die-off by now if there was a was a large
1: case of it but just making sure we don't have one is the biggest thing (laughs) no doubt well good good on you for being proactive that's that's Amazing. So um, what, what kind of partners um, – I know you partnered with the government on this, but who's involved with this this project? I know Alberta's Wild Sheep Foundation, Alberta, is heavily involved in it, but who else is working with you guys on this?
3: Yeah, we, we've had really good um, collaboration with the government, as you mentioned. Uh, a couple biologists, Grant Chapman and Ad Hubs, have been, uh, have been great partners in this um, and really supportive. And uh, then uh, the University of Alberta with uh, um, Ian Gaisley, who is, uh, doing PhD research on this project, as well as Mark Boyce. Um, and then, um, Dr. Brian McBeth out of Banff National Park has also been a, a big, um, big partner with us in this. So he's been a big supporter and, and, uh, helped us with, uh, with the ground darting of that ram and in Exhaw as well for, for our final caller there. So, um, yeah, that we've, we've gotten a lot of support on this and, and, uh, it's been, like I say, really collaborative, which has been nice. And, you know, the, the nice thing about how, you know, we've kind of gone about this is we've looked at the reality of the situation too, you know? So one of the things we talked about is, is hunter harvest of, you know, potential collard ram. And, you know, they really stress that there's nothing in, illegal in Alberta about doing that. You know, there's nothing illegal about someone harvesting a collard ram, as long as it meets Alberta's regulations in that, you know, specific area. And so, um, you know, what we're trying to encourage people is, is if you do harvest a ram, even if it's, you know, past the two and a half years and it's lost its collar, you know, bring that ear tag in too. Because, um, you know, it's a legal ram. There's nothing illegal about it. If you bring that ear tag in, that could still offer some some good data down the road is, you know, if that ram was collared in the Waterton front and harvested up in Kananaskis, you know, six years later, they're they're going going to want to know about that, right? So... Um, Yeah, they've been really supportive with with kind of all aspects and all stakeholders involved in wild sheep.
1: Right on. Well, it sounds like there's no disease issues in Alberta, so... um... Let's talk a little bit what you know what what are what's front and center for you guys what's on your radar that you guys are worried about what's kind of you know heavy on your projects list and and stuff that you guys are keeping an eye out for and and um you know is are you guys facing some sheep uh, challenges over I think probably our
2: biggest challenge that we have you know coming up in the future um aside from disease is I mean we want to get obviously some other projects done um some burns and habitat enhancement and, and things like that finished up but uh the whole Cataman mine, I mean, everybody knows like knows Cataman. When you talk sheep hunting in Alberta, Cataman's the name that kind of stands out in the forefront of of places to, you know, where sheep where good sheep are and where they come from. It's got a long history. And and uh, when they when they started mining up in that area in Cataman, they started they had Greg River mine and they had another mine called Cardinal River Coals and when they had the Greg river mine, they actually put an end land use plan in place. And so they had a plan for when they finished mining what the reclamation was going to look like and a time slot to kind of release it to back to the public. And, um, when they started going up with Cardinal river, they had that, but then as they put on this new development up towards Cheviot and, uh, and moving kind of South, um, they never had an end land use plan. So last year, or it was last year when tech, uh, tech coal filed for closure of the of the mine up there cardinal river operations um they were like okay we have no plan they they have no idea what is going to happen to the land and so they have a reclamation plan of what it's supposed to go back but there's no end land use strategy there's no land designation there's no anything for it so we're kind of stuck so tech's been really good um we've been having meetings all through last summer and throughout the year um talking with them about Trying to come up with uh, with an end land use strategy and, and a designation and the classification for those lands and kind of what it's going to look like, um, but there's still you know so many groups involved. Um, it's such a important area, you know, not just geographically but um, but sustainably for, for sheep. With uh, you know, there's a lot of Chinooks that come through there. There's great wintering grounds that go through there. Um, And not only just sheep, all the ungulates and everything that's around there, all the animals, there's a very healthy grizzly bear population there, which is both good and scary. (laughs) But, um, you know, everything from, you know, harlequin ducks to marmots to, you know, the deer and the elk herd that's there, like there's a ginormous elk herd that lives on that mine site. And and so I think one of the biggest focuses for us and our stance, you know, that's been um, is to just kind of keep those mine boundaries in place keep the land designation as it is, like turn it into some kind of a sanctuary, a a wildlife sanctuary, you know, a park, maybe not for say a park, but um, something that just kind of keeps people out because, you know, those sheep have been there, that mine's been there for 50 years and they're used to being there and they're used to those high walls and those escape routes that they have and, and everything. There's generations of sheep that don't know any different. And, you know, we have to, we have to make sure that that doesn't get opened up and go back to the public to, for just like a free-for-all because you'd have all the quarters in there. You'd have all the campers in there, the dirt bikes. And if you had hunting in there, it would just be a, a slaughter. And, <laughs> you know, and that's not something that anybody wants to see. So, I mean, that's that's kind of our biggest strategy. We've been working a lot with, a, you know, many different stakeholders of the Alberta government and tech themselves and, and a few other groups involved in, around Cataman. Um, just to try and, and find that common ground because there is people that want to see it go back to the way that it was. But, you know, the real reality of the situation is that it can't.
1: So Paul, how big of that is that land? Like how many acres sure. are we talking about? Uh, I don't even know how many
2: acres, just... but it's massive. <laughs> it's, right. It is massive. Yeah. Like you can't walk it in a day. And, right. and, uh, I bet you, I, I have to go back and actually look at how many acres it is, but, um, it's on both sides of the road. So, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And it's, it's prime habitat. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the area at all, but it, um, you know, basically all the way from, from Sphinx mountain down across the Cataman divide, um, Whitehorse Creek, all that area. And it kind of borders backs right onto Jasper national park. And so there is a lot of, you know, sheep and stuff that kind of bounce back and forth from the park um, and in, which is another study that, We're hoping to get kind of going here is to to call her some rams and stuff up there and kind of find out what's happening with those sheep and the intermingling between the park rams and and the and the u-herds and stuff that
1: that stay on the mine so tech is completely done they're out of there now they have filed for closure
2: and they've started their reclamation so they're hoping to have their reclamation complete uh, by 2032 so it's it's a pretty aggressive approach i don't know if they'll meet that or not but that's their goal and then after that they have a 10-year window where they have to monitor it just to make sure everything's growing and you know none of the walls break or the dams or levees or whatever breach or anything like that and uh and then it's set to go back so that's that classification that we need to come up with in the next 20 years um seems like a long time but it needs to happen now (laughs) so that we can you know have something to work towards
1: well, the problem is, is they get a designation and it goes the wrong way that you you don't want to see, yeah. right? And then, yeah, it may it may take ten years for them to remove, uh, you know, the mine designation, but then you're stuck with what you're stuck yeah. with, right? So um so so what's a route like that that are you engaging with the government now I, yep. I i always see you guys are you guys are always busy advocating for for wild sheep you're in edmonton all the time at the legislature doing your thing and which is great to see so is that what you're do, dealing with now is is working with the ministry and trying to get a negotiation for that or how?
2: yeah the ministry has been highly involved they know that it's a hot topic but it's kind of a dangerous one because of so many people how many people are involved they you know they kind of everybody kind of wants knows where they want it to go but they're kind of tiptoeing around it trying to find out the best way to kind of make everybody happy but but the government's been really good um, really great with engaging on us and, and conversations and even right down to just you know the government biologists and and everybody kind of having chats about it um, and there's a there's a trails meeting coming up on the 25th I believe of august um, it's a tech meeting that they hold so they kind of bring everybody out you go out to cataman And meet and they talk about their kind of plan for the year and what they want to do and with their trails and everything because you know we'd like to leave those those hunting designations those designated trails that are there right now and that have been there for for a number of years those we want to maintain those so that you still have hunting access and availability in those areas that we've been hunting the whole time we don't want to take that away we don't want to take away that opportunity um but we don't want to increase the opportunity and the ease of it out there either. So,
1: Yeah. Sounds like a pretty controversial issue. So what what are you looking for timelines? Are you thinking they're going to make a decision in the short term? Are you thinking that they're a few years out? Is there an assessment process? There is.
2: And and so now that what's happened is they've actually completed their engagement process. So from that, then tech has to come up with a plan and pitch it to the government. Then the government has to approve it. And so, in that, there needs to be a designation of what we're looking for, and so we've kind of done it. But the thing is, there isn't. There's so many classifications of land use, uh, you know, you, from different parks and different areas. So um, we've kind of found out that you can kind of create your own um, designation. Is and so we've been looking into that. We've got. Uh, I've heard. I'm sure you've heard the name of Beth McCollum before. Um, she's a wildlife biologist um that has basically dedicated her whole entire career um to sheep out at out at the mine she's been out there the whole time so anything that's done with reclamation and and is all beth it's been beth for for years <laughs> and she's really done a fantastic job and is just an incredible lady she does so much she's a great supporter of us and uh she's really really digging into it because that's kind of her legacy out there and she wants to see it succeed so
1: Awesome, man. Well, good luck with that. You'll have to keep us posted on the programs yeah, and, and how it goes and see the evolution of it. Um, you talked a little bit about habitat work, guys, and uh, this is the last thing I want to talk on in projects before we jump to a new subject. But, uh, you know, um, one of the challenges I, I've heard talking to your team over the years um, is that, you know, trying to get burns can be challenging in Alberta. I think we've, we've had problems in BC trying to get burns off. We finally did manage to get four off this spring, which was uh, breath of fresh air because we've worked four years on it how's that working with you guys have you had much luck on that and is there any is there much work for habitat work and or is it still a challenge trying to get all the uh, regulatory approvals for that
3: yeah it's still a challenge we, we've gone down uh you know quite a few avenues with the evan thomas vegetation management strategy um and we've done a lot of the hard work there um unfortunately right now it's kind of locked up in consultation um so at this point really we're at it Again. <laughs> yeah <Again>. exactly yeah. <laughs> so just because we there was an amendment to it so then it needs to go you know back through consultation so we're at a bit of a standstill right there um but that's something that we're still you know really eager and and really hopeful that we'll get off the ground in the next year or two um you know that would be that would be huge for wild sheep uh, habitat um the other thing we've been looking at actually is um we've been kind of uh keying in and pinpointing some areas where we could do some uh, mechanical habitat enhancement um, you know, in the Exshaw area, and um, you know the areas where it's tougher to burn and tougher to get something like that off the ground, where we can get some actual boots on the ground, and uh, you know, do some old growth removal, and um, you know, try to try to create some habitat above, uh, you know, above the highways and stuff like that, which would uh, which would keep sheep you know, hopefully off the highways a little more, but also, uh, you know, increase, um, escape train for them and, um, and give them some little, little fresher vegetation up there, a little better forage. So, um, yeah, that's something we're looking at, but the prescribed burn, it's, I mean, we all want it. Um, you know, the, the tough thing is you need those windows to do it. And typically this time of year when those windows hit, they're focused on putting out fires and not starting them. So, um, yeah we're we're hopeful of that in the next year or two, that'll that'll kick off. But um, I know with meetings with um, environment parks as well as agriculture and forestry, they're eager to get them done too. They understand the importance of them. And so I think there is that collaboration there where um everyone wants the same thing. We just need to find the perfect opportunity to do it. Um, I think there's uh, not just Evan Thomas, but there's some burns across the province in the eastern slopes that uh, that people are eager eager to get done. So hopefully we can find that window. Uh, well done to you guys, by the way, on getting those ones off the ground. That was uh, that was great to see. <laughs>
1: yeah, right on, Mike. Yeah, we kind of lost you there a little bit. Um, so uh, maybe Paul, you can. Touch base on this a little bit. Uh, looks like we got you back now, too, Mike. But uh, where where is what is the state of wild sheep in in Alberta? Are you guys stable? Are your numbers strong? Are they growing, depleting? What? You, where would you say sit in terms of a base our numbers right from
2: kind of what I know um, seem to be holding strong. If anything, they're they're kind of growing. I know around um, from some of the studies and stuff that that we had around in the northern part here, um, around the cataman area. Um, that numbers are actually coming up like the lamb and you ratios over the last couple of years have been increasing, uh, which is really good. They had a couple of really hard years when we did all those captures, um, and, and moved them down to the States there a number of years back. Um, they ended up doing four captures and that, that last capture, there were some people It was, it was kind of controversial. Um, they feel like it, maybe it was one too many. Um, but You know, that's neither here nor there. But after that, that herd got hit with a hard winter and actually lost a lot of sheep. And so that was, you know, that was just one kick after the other. (laughs) And and that herd kind of, you know, went down a little bit. But um, we're seeing an uptick in those ones right now. Hunter harvest isn't really an issue. Um, You know, our average over the last 10 years, 125 grams get harvested in Alberta is a 10-year average. Uh, last year, there was 121 rams that were harvested. So it's it's consistent um, through it's, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is, is just trying to make sure that they have habitat. And I mean, and, and predator pressure is, is huge too. It's, there's, there's two ways that are, that are really good for increasing sheep. And one of them's habitat and the other one's making sure that predators are managed as, you know, as controversial as that may be in some parts, but it's, it's the truth.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, let's let's touch base on that. So I don't want to get you guys in a hot water, <laughs> but uh, as you guys know, in BC they're aerial gunning wolves. So oh, yeah. um, that that is super controversial. It happens um, here too. Do you does the does the government have, do you know of any? Are you able to talk about any? And if we can't talk about it, that's oh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't want to put you guys in a nope. bad spot. But um, does the government do any uh, active? Uh, predator removal in in the in the province they do they actually
2: all around in the wilmore and stuff in, in those areas where they're trying to protect the caribou so we have some pretty protected caribou herds um up around the piece or like the uh you know the berlin and up in that area and up towards in the wilmore and uh so yeah they've actually been they've been flying around shooting shooting wolves for for a couple of years now <laughs> and okay and you know and it's it's good enough you know wolves have their place in in the environment too like they belong there it's not like anybody everybody hates wolves or hates bears or hates cougars you know like we love them they're beautiful animals they belong in the balance of the ecosystem but you know when a wolf can produce it 10 times the rate that a sheep
0: can it's a little easier to take a wolf out than it is to plant a sheep so exactly when uh, <laughs> the wolves are having litters of 10 and yeah. we're, we're struggling to keep one or two lambs recruited yeah yeah it's, the, it's a motive and nobody wants to see extinction or extirpation, but we do want to no. see sound sound wildlife management, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's, I think, and that's all we can really hope for is to have a science-based approach to it that makes sense. It's, you know, we're not everybody, you know, lots of people label hunters and stuff as, you know, trophy hunting or, you know, you're murderers and it's like, okay, but well, not really. If you actually take some time to learn about it or invest yourself in it, it's there's a lot more to it and, I think as, you know, as hunters and conservationists, everybody kind of is on the same page if if you're if you're actually involved and engaged.
3: And that's the one thing, you know, we're we're obviously seeing and I'm sure BC is too seeing an increase in the hunters, you know, on the mountain. Um but we what we are noticing is they seem to care a lot about wild sheep as a whole and not just the harvest of them. So there does seem to be an attitude of conservation and understanding of, you know, what's going on out there and um the importance of you know age classes and all that um so that's really good and you know as you guys know now uh, more than ever it's a it's a good time to have a lot of hunters with a lot of loud voices out there um with the with the issues we're seeing um you know you guys have been seen in the past couple of years in bc and and um yeah i think that's an important thing for hunting to have a strong community and we're, we're seeming to have that right now
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's the cool thing about our Wild Sheep family is, you know, we truly are a family, right? We, you know, I feel like we're a bunch of brothers and sisters and different chapter affiliates. And, you know, that kind of segues to kind of our next subject. Like you guys have been fantastic supporters. Of course, Wild Sheep BC um, recently, and you mentioned earlier, Mike, is the new film Transmission, which um, I think you're – your members are going to get a chance to see if they are interested in it. Uh, but you guys have been a fantastic supporter. You guys were involved uh, in that film. You provided some capital for that. And um, it's been a very strong message uh, around this disease issue, around uh, around these issues with wild sheep. Um, so, you know, that's the one cool thing about our wild sheep community is we really are a family. There's so much... Uh, um, support and so much, uh, opportunity to work together. And it's, it's, you know, chapter and affiliates, which by the way, where, where the hell were you guys? <laughs> we were both um, supposed to be there,
2: but it didn't work out. Mike wasn't allowed back into the States. And, and my wife, wouldn't, <laughs> well, and that's a solid, my point. wife barely let me out of the house after I got back from Reno.
1: So yeah, my suspension should be up soon in time for Reno. Yeah, We're, we're good year.
2: now though. we're good.
1: <laughs> well, I see you got the, the kitchen pass after Reno to, to do your own banquet there, but, uh, you look a little averse for the wear I seen you on the Sunday driving home and the wife wouldn't let you in the driver's seat because I think you were still oh, yeah. a, a little over the Yeah. Limit, I was so. uh,
2: I was trying to catch up on sleep <laughs>
1: on the way home. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, um let's talk a little bit about that. I, I I'm seeing use and bruise. What's that all about? Tell us about it.
2: Use and bruise. yeah, that's uh that's coming up on July twenty second. Um, it's going to be at the tool shed brewing in, in Calgary. And, uh, so basically it's just a night, you know, conservation talk chat. Um, but one of the biggest things is that we're trying to get that awareness out about MOV. Um, it's, you know, it's a very difficult thing to get people to, to read about because it's, you know, let's, let's face it. It's not the sexiest project out there. It's, you know, it can be, it can be a little, you know, long and boring, but, um, it's a very important one. So, you know, we try to tie it into somewhat of an event and and our membership had been asking for more kind of engagement events as it is. So we, you know, thought it was a perfect opportunity to, to put that together and kind of link the two where you get a, you know, a private screening of, of transmission and like transmission is just phenomenal. Like I, I don't cry at a lot of movies and I I teared up (laughs) the first time I seen that man, like that hit me hard. And, uh, and it's it's just fantastic, and and I really hope that we can you know get that across to people that like this this is worth the ticket just to come and see this, and and you know and it's such a wonderful tool that you guys have that we have we all have now to uh, to really help with that. So uh, using brews toolshed brewing uh, July twenty second starts at six thirty. We got the place for the night. Tickets are ninety bucks. Um, the link's up in our our social media and stuff if anybody wants to get tickets but
1: there's uh, only 100, 100 yeah. tickets available so. yeah it's, it's awesome man like and it's going to be interesting to see because you know you guys do it right there and what how, how many of you guys do you have a, is it 700 800 at your banquet at the yeah, yeah seven eight hundred it's insane. we're going to beat it next year That's our goal we're going to try and push a thousand
2: awesome yeah that venue has that capacity that venue has that capacity yep um and you know it's the Cambridge has been a fantastic venue for for us over the year. It's in a great location, you know, central Alberta, so it works well.
1: Yeah. So when you w- with your membership, is there a big contingency out of Calgary? Or like, what what is the distribution? I know you're they're all across the province mm-hmm. and beyond the border. Most are so, from southern Southern Alberta of? is is the biggest hit. Okay. Um, but I think you know for a lot of the
2: northern folk, it's that's a long ways to get to Red Deer. Like even for myself from Hinton, right. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's still four and a half, five hours to get there. And uh, if you're coming from Grand Prairie you're somewhere up there, it's, you know, nine, ten hours to get there. So it can be a, it's a commitment. Um, so, I mean, that's, we've always we've chatted, you know, about about moving it to different venues and, and things around the province, maybe Calgary or or maybe Edmonton or. What it's going to happen but right now we're gonna just kind of see where it goes and see where it takes us the cambridge has been has been bought out um by a new group so that you know we're not 100 percent sure but it could create uh, an issue for us potentially so uh we'll kind of see where that goes and uh see how it plays out but as of right now red deer is still our home
1: <laughs> awesome yeah for sure what well, you guys have done a great job so You know, unlike us, you guys pulled a banquet off this year. Let's, uh, and I I just heard so many great things about it. I really would love to come out to it, but uh, of course there was no tickets available, (laughs) but uh, uh, tell us. uh, We always got room for you. (laughs) Right on. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the event. You know, I, Two years of angst, right? And I heard you know great things. You guys snuck in under the wire in twenty, so we yeah. we canceled in twenty, um, and I think we're the same weekend, if I'm not wrong. And we had to cancel ours. You guys went forward. You got your show in. You skipped last year, as everyone else did, including Sheep Week everyone. Uh, and then you were back on this year again. In the end we could have held ours with the restrictions were gone but uh we we're we were really struggling to try and put together and it just it wasn't happening and so good on you guys to put together tell us about the it weekend. Was,
2: yeah it was kind of last minute
1: <laughs> um it was a,
2: it was a lot to throw together i mean we had uh had some you know some turnaround in the board there before and so we had a lot of new faces on there and uh it, it took a lot took all hands on deck it was a very busy 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 time to try and pull that off but um, we got a fantastic group and and managed to pull it off. The The Friday night social was a was a hit again, as it has been in the last few years, just getting everybody together. But you could feel the the atmosphere was just everybody was so happy to get together again. <laughs> like it was it was really good. And as it kept going, it just kind of kept steamrolling and rolling and rolling. And when you get back into those live auctions and you start raising money and there's, you know groups of people bidding on stuff and they're buying things and they're donating them back and then other people are buying them. And, you know, you start selling stuff two, three times in the room and it's just, it's incredible that what, uh, what can happen. It's a fantastic, fantastic group of people. Uh, we're, we we're so fortunate again, like you said, uh, we pulled it off in 2020. And then I think it was like four days after that, the restrictions came on for the first time. And it was like, Holy, like we just barely, we were the last big event of, uh, of 2020. And we were the first big event of 2022. So um, we we're, we we're fortunate that way. And, and the Cambridge, I mean, they helped us out so much by, they, they know our system and regardless if the directors are new or not, they know what's going on. But uh, Friday night social was a hit, made the life members breakfast difficult to get up for at seven thirty in the morning, <laughs> 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 trying to look, look somewhat presentable and, and everything, but it was, uh, it was good. We were tired. But uh, we, I mean, managed to pull it off. The events committee did a really good job, so they uh, they got a little more time this year, so it should be better. But I don't I don't know any exact numbers um, of how many people I know we had. Like, I think 680 tickets. I think we sold, and we were ended up having a little more. I think we were over 700 by the end of it. Some last minute people, um, and then. I don't remember the exact numbers. I wish Cam was here. He's our, our numbers guru, and the guy's just fantastic. He'd be able to tell us how much money we made to the penny. But um, it, it was an overall success, though. Um, it raised a lot of money awesome. and, and set us up good for the year. So, And
3: I think with uh, everyone awesome. so- starving for an event, too, we saw a lot of new faces there, people that just wanted to get out and be social and have a few drinks and talk to hunters. And and we heard a, you know, a resounding... Um, uh, positive tone from everyone. So I think that, you know, we are going to see an uptake in numbers next year because a lot of people just kind of discovered it last year, I think. And and so that's a, you know, that's pretty exciting to see see what comes of it next year.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's probably some angst too, right? Some people that were, you know, COVID was still kind of lingering and there's probably people that normally would have went, but maybe didn't because they're like, uh, you know, not, yeah. not maybe don't want to get out type thing. So there's a little bit of that going we on. Had, too, yeah.
2: <laughs> and on the other side, we had people that were going, I'm not coming if you guys are going to make us wear masks. And so I yeah. mean, it was, uh, we we're like, ah, who do you please here? We're like, you know what? Whatever. It's on you. If you want to wear one, give her. If not, whatever. Let's go.
1: Just bring your wallet. I don't right, really care. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> So what does it look like for 22, 23? What are you guys' plans? Same weekend? Is it March or what, what's the plan? Do you guys have dates? Um
2: I believe we're shooting for the first weekend in March still, just as okay. always. So yeah, right. Trying to, Hopefully it's a week before your guys' Kamloops show, I believe, is on the, the second weekend, right? Yep. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So we don't want to do it the same weekend because that way we can go to each other's shows
1: yeah absolutely yeah all our bc guys in that southeast corner love to get over there too right we get all the the guys out of region four that come over from the the yeah. and, and check out the show and we don't it, want to do it's much, much the- closer to go to <laughs> yeah He's still, still there mike, mike. silence filled the room <laughs> <laughs> that awkward yeah. that awkward silence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool no sorry my um, connection's bad here so
3: i was just saying we don't want to put on the uh on the time change weekend again either oh
1: yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah see that was my problem yeah. it was the time change <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely so what's uh what's uh, going on for initiatives in alberta i know you guys are on a great youth camp um you guys running that this year is that covid free? Oh, yeah you, you're able to pull yeah, that off bet. i mean awesome. we were lucky
2: we were able to pull the youth camp off even through covid um it was kind of last minute but every time the restrictions seem to ease just a little bit there in August. And so we were able to pull it off in 2020 and in 2021. So, so this year it, f- it filled up fast because there's no COVID we were able to get it out early, but um, yeah, that's August 13th. Um, it'll be in Hinton here at the uh, Hinton Fishing Game Club. And uh, yeah, we're, we're full. We're actually over full. We have a waiting list, a cancellation list. Um, so we have 60 kids coming actually 60 63 because uh roy had a bit of a miscount so we're gonna have to deal with that <laughs> but uh and then we've got another i think seven or eight on the waiting list um, just in case we have room so um it's been really good it's been a, a really big success it's been supported a lot by both industry and and government and and fish and game and everything uh been fantastic. So, um over the last few years you know we've tried to really kind of keep it interesting for the kids I mean we don't want to have it a classroom but we still want to make sure it's educational um so we've been doing you know things like bear awareness and uh, wilderness survival training and last year we had wilderness first aid and then you know we have a, a big sheep talk and a big conversation and they get you know pass around some big ram heads and they can hold them we show them you know how to age them and this is what they eat and so our uh our head chief conservation officer for the area, Chris Watson has been coming out every year and he gives a little chat to the kids um, about, it. it takes about half hour, 45 minutes. Doesn't really enough to keep them engaged, but not really ramble on too long. And uh, cause they're, I mean, they're ages 11 to 17. That's, that's hard to keep them focused for an entire day. So that's why we let them do the fun stuff too. I mean, we got rifle training out there. We teach them how to shoot safety around guns, um, archery, Skeet shooting, uh, all kinds of stuff. We had Steve Eklund come out, and, and he was shooting against the kids, doing push-up competitions and stuff. Is is a lot of fun. And uh, so this year we'll be doing the same thing: archery, skeet shooting, rifle training. Uh, we have Rocky Mountain Search and Rescue coming out, and they're going to do a backcountry survival course, um, which is pretty cool. And then we were going to have Kevin Wilson come back with Wild Encounters, and he does the the bear awareness. But uh, he was unable to make it this year. So we're doing more of an interactive kind of class where we're going to go through some gear. And, you know, we had some and Solutions donate us some some meals. And so we're going to cook up some backcountry food and kind of just have some show them what it's kind of like and how to pack your pack. But we also have a bunch of stuff that National sent us, too. So um, we'll be going over you know, just kind of habitat and what sheep eat and how to age them and, and kind of go more in depth into the knowledge and try and get some of that disease uh, information out to them as well. And just try and make them aware because, you know, they're the, they're the future of our organizations. They're the next people that will be sitting here having this podcast. They'll be, you know, and that's, we have to ensure for, you know, the sustainability of our sheep,
1: It's it's got to start
2: start young. So um, that's our whole goal through that. And it's been it's been really good.
1: Yeah. Hats off to you guys that, you know, I've watched you for years at you know, life member I've, I've been watching and your youth outreach is fantastic. And um, engaging those kids and getting involved. So for somebody that has some kids or, or maybe some kids that are listening, that are interested in, obviously we know your full list here, but for the future, how can they get involved? How would they, if they wanted to attend that camp, how can they wait till
2: you see the post coming out and go fast. <laughs> We're trying, cause we know that there's such a big outreach with it. Um, we've been trying to, to work on getting two camps going and have one down in southern alberta as well to try and make it a little more accessible because so we've had kids come up from um we've had them come up from medicine hat like i mean they're driving a long ways up to hinton here to come to a one-day camp and you know we thought about running multiple days and stuff but it just it gets kind of convoluted so it's you know we're trying to figure it out we're trying to find a, a venue for it that's able to house it and try and come up with some other options to have maybe two or three um different events through the year for the kids. Um we did our essay competition this year, um, which was kind of cool, where we gave away some bear hunts from Sherwood Outfitters. Um that was just, you know, send us an essay. Tell us what your what your plan is, what, you know, what conservation means to you. You know, focus on predator management or, you know, habitat enhancement or your hunting heritage or you know what hunting means to you. What gets you outside? What, you know, why why do you care? You know? And and it's just you know, just want to have those conversations, have them thinking about it, is is the biggest thing. Because if it stays in their mind when they're young, then you know, hopefully, it kind of builds that muscle memory, and they and they kind of think about it when they're older too. So,
1: yeah, awesome. Well, you guys have done a fantastic job, and it's a, it's really fun to watch. So, we actually we got
2: um, we got okay. kids coming from BC this year.
1: Yeah, is that right? We do. We do.
2: Okay, yeah, we've got a couple kids from so, Dawson Creek that are coming up
1: right yeah. on wow that's really cool yeah that's uh that's awesome well you have to let us know next time and uh and uh yeah I'll, we'll make sure we share it get all these bc kids out there
2: well i mean why not i mean if, if kid wants to come then that's let's do it like it's i want to try and grow that to we'd love to see it you know double triple in size if we can that's that's great so absolutely
1: Cool. Okay, so what's what's on the horizon for you guys? What's uh, what's up next? Do You got any membership stuff going on? I I, I know you got some raffles, and I know we have some uh, Alberta listeners. I know we have this whole gaming debacle that you guys do too, where you got <laughs> in the province to buy tickets. I, I wish. Is, uh,
2: I called AGLC one day to talk about that, and I did not end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a small dog barking up a big tree there, and. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it's too, it's unfortunate because I wish we could do something like the States or whatever, where you're able to sell to, you know, Canada wide, or even if we could just sell in BC. I mean, there mm-hmm. same for you guys. If you could sell in Alberta, I would love to buy into all your raffles and stuff, but um, we've got mm-hmm. the one optics raffle going on right now. Um, Swarovski package. So uh, that's going good. We've only got, we're about well, three quarters of the way sold out on that. Maybe a little more. Um, and then we've got some other raffles coming up here. We're just going through the painstaking process of getting them approved. <laughs> um, we have a membership uh, giveaway. So if you are for our life members right now that we're doing. Um, so we're going to give away a Yeti cooler with a bunch of Yeti stuff inside and wild sheep Alberta stuff inside. And so that's open to any life member, whether you're new or whether you've been a life member since day one. Your name's entered into that draw, so we got that. Um, we just kind of wrapped up our uh, our Yeti mugs that we were giving away with life memberships. for For now, we'll do it again later. Um, but that was a hit. Like we've really seen a a big increase in uh, in especially our life members here since the beginning of the year. Um, it's been been really good. Uh, we came up with that payment plan too, which I think kind of helped people a lot. Get you know, it's seven hundred and fifty bucks nowadays. I mean, that's that's almost two tanks of gas so it's (laughs) it's you know it's nice that they can kind of you know spread it out over a period and and pay for it um but yeah the the magazines have really turned around rich is doing a fantastic job with that Our, uh, our summer issue just shipped here today so everybody should be seeing that soon um yeah, so we've got we got a few more raffles coming up, so everybody should just kind of pay attention and watch for those. They'll be coming out soon. And uh, we're going to take some of that money and hopefully put it into our ungulate enhancement program this year. So, Right
1: on. Great to see. Okay, let's – we talked about saving sheep. Let's talk about hunting them. Either one of you guys doing a sheep hunt this fall or what do you got on the agenda? Absolutely.
2: I'll absolutely be hunting sheep. I was kind of – laughing that the annual trails meeting in cadaman is is the first weekend after sheep season opens <laughs> and i'm like oh man i gotta go to this meeting saturday morning and i was like eh, actually this might work work out i'll just go hunting after <laughs> so yeah
3: i'll absolutely be doing some sheep hunting i'm sure yeah i will too I just checked my draws today, and I I got skunked, so I'll be uh, I'll be on the mountain for sure. Unfortunately, my cousin scheduled his wedding for opening weekend, so I won't be out there that weekend. But he doesn't um, hunt, does he? No, well, not sheep, no. <laughs> um, no. But uh, but yeah, that's where uh, most of my vacations going this year for sure is up on the up on the mountains. So we'll see how it goes up there.
1: Awesome. So Paul, I can see a ram behind you there. There's beautiful ram yeah. there. Um, uh, Paul, not looking quite so Rammy there. What's going on? Have you got any Rams on your wall or what's the deal? Who, me? Or Mike? Or, sorry, Mike. Sorry, I meant Mike. Look at Mike. his shirt. No, he yeah. gets away with it. He gets away with it. He's got one on his shirt.
3: <laughs> no no Rams on my wall. No, I'm still looking for that. I'm still looking for my Ram out there. You know, when you pass on a couple of young ones and it's a hard thing to do, but still, still out looking for my Ram. He's holding out for a 12 year old one, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it for doesn't. Sure, <laughs> less
2: than one. <laughs> Give me seven or eight. eh? You'll
3: win uh, one next on. year
1: in
2: Reno. Yeah, I, I believe it. Less than one party.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, awesome guys. So, uh, before we wrap up, anything yeah. else yeah. Uh, uh, for attention. our listeners that you want to share?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know, Mike. What else do you got? Anything you want to talk about? I mean, those shirts are nice. So everybody I mean check out wild Sheep BC's store and uh, and we revamped our store this year so hey yeah there we go <laughs> well, can, you hear me? can you guys hear me no you were you were in node mode
3: all right sounds good yes uh no I was just gonna talk about um just our membership and and how we've just seen an, an increase in it and we want to keep keep seeing that because we got a lot of good opportunities coming up for you know potential volunteer opportunities out there and And, uh, you know, we just want to keep meeting people and and continue that engagement. It's been great over the past year so.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, you guys are crushing it. It's fun to watch. Um, And and the cool thing is, is, you know, I've seen this in Reno, but I don't just see it in Reno. I see it elsewhere, too. And lovely social media now. We get to see it everywhere. (laughs) But uh, you guys are you guys really are crushing it as a team. Um, lots of, lots of great support there and working really closely together. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch the energy coming out of the Alberta crew right now. It's, it's awesome. So hats off to you guys. Oh, on thanks. That we for appreciate
2: sure. it. We kind of been, we were watching BC kind of explode and we're like, wow, we got to get a, uh, get on our horse here. Catch up. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's fun to watch for sure. So um, so let's talk a little bit about the shirts. So we did a collaboration on the shirts. And I think, Paul, you led this um, overall, at yeah. least. Um, my dialogue has been with you. But let's talk about the collaboration, you know, where it came from, what it is, um, who's involved. Just talk a little bit about that shirt. Button. Yeah, so
2: that shirt collaboration came to me um, from one of our members and actually former board members. He founded on online and was like, Hey, he's like, wouldn't this be a cool idea for a t-shirt? And I was like, man, would that ever be an awesome idea for a t-shirt? So I reached out to, uh, to the fellow that owns the image. Um, the name is just completely escaping me right now. Um, it was muscle assembly publishing house out of uh, Victoria, BC. And, and I was like, Hey, you know, like, what would it take to, you know, get that image, you know, wild sheep, Alberta, and we'd like to put that bighorn on a t-shirt and he was like, yeah, for sure, no problem. And I was like, you know, like we've got all different kinds. So we ended up starting talking sheep. He's he's from uh, Holland and just moved to Canada a few years ago and and loves it here. And so we started talking about sheep. And, I mean, 15 or 20 emails later, he's drawn us all four. <laughs> and he's drawn all of them. And I was like, man, how cool is that? Like, It would be kind of neat to do a slam series. So I was like, that's when I, I, I believe I first talked to you about it down in Reno was where yeah we kind of pitched it and uh and yeah i mean the logos are cool i think they turned out great i love your guys's and uh and love ours they've been selling pretty well um but the idea of it was just to have some intermingling between you know the different chapters and affiliates and, and kind of draw people to their stores and to go check them out you know because we have you know people looking at our store and stuff and they're like oh that's awesome but you know, if we have a Wild Sheep BC shirt and we have a Wild Sheep Alberta shirt, and I was really hoping we could get some other chapters on for the other two. I'm still holding out hope, but, um, <laughs> you know, and, and get those other ones done and just kind of draw attention, not so much just to their store, but then, you know, maybe snoop around on their website and kind of check out what they're doing and subscribe to their email list and, you know, potentially become members or life members of that. And just because, you know, as you said earlier, it's we're such a family and i just really like to you know make sure that we're all trying to support each other and and it's kind of fun to have that collaboration together and it's something everybody can collect and wear around proudly it's people like merch <laughs> so you know, he's got to give them something cool to wear and they'll wear it
1: yeah absolutely so for our listeners um again this was a, an idea that came out of alberta and um so anyone that's interested, that an artist did a rendition of a stone sheep for BC, a bighorn for Alberta. And so they're, they're similar images. Um, Paul's wearing his – or sorry, Mike's wearing his right now. And um, basically, you can, you can pick up the T-shirt from Alberta. You can pick it up from us. Um, same artist, similar concept but ours is a stone, you guys have a bighorn. And uh, there's two other images out there that we were shopping around and, and hoping that another chapter or affiliate might pick that up. And, uh, but basically, you know, go to Alberta's website, you can pick up the bighorn, come to our website, you can pick up the stone sheep and they're really cool. Um, you know, the the BC boys are wearing the Alberta ones, the Alberta guys are wearing the BC ones. So really cool, I like that aspect of it. And If there's any listeners um, out yeah, there that
0: wanna it. get their chapter affiliate on board we we as you said we have two other images that are ready to go into shirts and they make us a nice nice amount of money so just saying reach out
1: yeah solid call steve steve's our merchandise guy so he's he's doing all the heavy lifting when somebody picks one up from us so um, yeah really cool i love the idea for sure it's just a great collaboration great opportunity to work together and and just a really cool image man like they're cool shirts they're just and uh these shirts are elevated i know you guys worked with tyler yeah. um and and they're super cool they got uh, a patch on the on the uh, uh shoulder or, or sorry on the sleeve just really really cool. yeah
2: yeah tyler's been fantastic for us um, from the coverall shop it's unreal unreal having him he runs our whole store for us now so makes it really easy
1: <laughs> awesome yeah Easy is a good yeah, thing. For especially sure. when we're all volunteers. So it's <laughs> yeah, Awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, let's wrap it up. Um, last words of wisdom, anything else to share? Um, anyone, anything that you want uh, members to get on board with? Um, let's, I guess, let's do the big pitch on why they should join Alberta for a membership. I'm a life member. I believe in what you guys do. Steve-O, are you, you're a life member, right? Uh-oh. Sorry, Steve-o-oh, I cut wait. out there. Oh, did, sorry. Uh-huh. Did, uh-huh. Did oh yeah. St- I am a we're member. Losing you? Did you say <laughs> – I am a member. Did you say if? Did you say if Mike buys a life membership, you buy a life membership? Is Deal. that what you said? Oh. So
0: okay, oh, all right,
1: good. all right. Okay. Okay. Cool. I can get on cool. board with that, Steve. Cool.
0: Hey, 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 Kyle, what happened last time <laughs> I was challenged? On the with, uh, yeah, you're with always the good Midwest point guys, point. guys. I bought Get your, a life your coins out. Get your yeah. coins out. Let's go. <laughs> I bought a Midwest uh, uh, life membership while we were recording with them.
2: I've already got it. I'm already life BC life member, so uh, I'm out.
1: I'm a monarch. Yeah. That's why I'm picking on these two. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, you, so, you got yourself a yeah. deal,
2: Steve.
1: <laughs> I like it. Awesome, awesome voice. Right on. Well, hey, um, congratulations on a fantastic year. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Love the support that you've given BC. Um, collaboration. You know, love that you asked us to, to partner with you guys on. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's got, got his challenge, challenge going on. Oh, Carl again.
0: You
2: <laughs> <He> know better. <laughs> no, we really appreciate it too. Thank you guys. Um, thanks for having us on, and and again, thanks for for everything. Really, um, the collaboration and the chatter and and has been fantastic between both of our organizations. So we really appreciate it as well.
3: Yeah, you guys set the gold. Awesome. standard.
2: So there, so um,
3: we we enjoy seeing your faces at events and and uh, sharing ideas over a few beers as well. So we can't wait for the next one.
1: Awesome. Uh so yeah, so if you're in Alberta, you got to go and check it out July 22nd, Use and Brews and tickets are 99. And, and that includes uh, your that gonna be in that Calgary. Includes
2: dinner and uh, and a beer. So
1: Honestly, you're probably losing money on that. Like you know, it's funny we were charging you know, pretty good dollars for these pub nights, and I'm like, oh my goodness! But it's like you go out with the wife for dinner, and it's like it's ridiculous, yeah. like it's unbelievable what it. So you know, ninety bucks isn't what it used to. No, be, it's right? not.
2: So it it's, still it seems, seems like really it, not. It's, it's really not, and and no, we're we're not losing money, but we're not making any money at that. So that's the the point of it. Great opportunity. Yeah, the point of it is just to get the awareness out there and uh see the film and and get some people together. So we'll have some door prizes and some giveaways there too. And so, yeah, definitely. If you're in the Calgary area on July 22nd, come check it out.
1: It's worth it. Awesome guys. Awesome. Keep up the great work and uh, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank
3: you guys. Yeah. Thanks Kyle. Thanks Steve.